Whenever we talk about sustainability, we talk about innovation. Sustainability equals innovation. Essentially, we're one of the most energy intensive sports out there because we play in essentially a giant refrigerator. He shoots, he scores! Put that one up on the board. It's one nothing ESG. I'm Shannon Murphy. Welcome to Connecting the Dots, an original podcast from Jefferies. Today, it's part two of our deep dive into ESG, factors like environmental, social, and governance issues that inform how a company conducts its business. Last week, we heard about why investors are increasingly interested in companies that are focused on these issues. Today, we're looking at why companies are suddenly so eager to appeal to these investors and what they're doing to attract them. We'll hear from the NHL, the National Hockey League is looking to score big with environmentally conscious fans and making a values play that also makes great business sense. We'll get to that in a bit. But first, here's Jeffrey's ESG strategist Lauren Puffer on how her job has changed in the last few years. I spent a lot of my time 36 months ago trying to convince companies that they should care about this and that it was really important. And now the conversations are very different and the conversations are, how do I show people that we care about this? So Lauren's seen a dramatic change in attitudes towards ESG issues from companies in the last couple of years. She attributes this to a few factors. The main ones that I would point out would probably be millennials, social media, and just technology and data. So millennials make up now half of the workforce and the, for lack of a better way of putting it, the culture of millennials is to kind of put their money where their mouth is. So there's definitely more demand for ESG conscious companies from the growing millennial demographic. The other reason companies are paying more attention to ESG, the impacts of social media and how consumers talk to and about the companies they're doing business with. Social media, I feel like, is the huge equalizer that has happened that hasn't happened before. You know, as, as one big example that I can come up with is um, with the Black Lives Matter movement and the social unrest and racial tension that we've seen, especially in the United States. We saw a lot of CEOs and management teams go on their social media and say that they were unequivocally against racism and that they would stand to support equality. And there was huge backlash on social media, not because they disagreed with the, the executives, but because they were calling out those same executives for lack of diversity in their management teams and lack of diversity on their boards. So it's like, great that you're saying that, but show me a picture of what your board looks like. And that's huge. And not only does social media allow us to put pressure on companies and people in power, it also means we have a lot more information about how companies operate than ever before. In earlier years, we didn't have this information, like who knew that the supply chain for ABC company had unfair employment practices with some of their suppliers, you know? And, and I think that this level of technology and the level of information flow that we have these days has really empowered people to be more informed outside of what the companies themselves are telling us and outside of what the management teams are telling us. And that has, that has made for it to 
kind of hold everybody accountable for all of these different factors. So we've heard a bit about why there's so much more attention on companies' policies around sustainability and diversity. Now it's time to connect the dots and hear from an organization that's focusing on sustainability more than ever. My name is Omar Mitchell. I'm the Vice President of Sustainable Infrastructure and Growth Initiatives at the NHL. Omar oversees the NHL Green Initiative, which promotes sustainable business practices throughout the league. This includes everything from reducing food waste and water usage to helping facilitate energy-efficient initiatives in different arenas. Omar says because of the nature of the game, hockey poses a very particular environmental challenge. Essentially, we're one of the most energy-intensive sports out there because we play in essentially a giant refrigerator, if you think about it. An ice rink is a giant refrigerator. And in order to ensure that we're playing world-class ice hockey games, we need to ensure we have ice that's perfect and the buildings that are cold. So we know that millennial consumers want more ESG-friendly business practices, and they'll hold organizations accountable if they don't get it. But for the NHL, committing to sustainable business practices isn't just about values and optics. I asked Omar to explain the business case for the league to go green. So that's a great question about the business case for sustainability in sports. And it's one that I saw from the beginning of my career at the NHL and uh, one where I saw a real significant opportunity in value creation from a business perspective. The three kind of major facets around this focus on operational cost savings. The second major bucket is on corporate partnership and revenue generation from your sustainability efforts. And then the third one is really brand enhancement through um, messaging this type of activity, which is a little bit less quantifiable, but it's equally as important to an organization. Let's go back to that giant refrigerator that Omar mentioned before. To ensure that we are lowering our ecological impact where possible, we want to ensure that we're driving the technologies, products, services, and best practices to really ensure that we're using less energy in our buildings, that we're using less resources in our facilities and in our operations so that we're lowering our ecological impact. And that's where the revenue drivers are because by adopting these best practices, our hope is that we will eventually achieve major cost savings. The NHL Green Initiative just celebrated its 10th anniversary. And a lot of its success comes down to technology. Whenever we talk about sustainability, we talk about innovation. Sustainability equals innovation. What's interesting is that you'll see that five of the last six NHL arenas have all been built to energy efficiency and energy performance guidelines through things like the LEED certification program, or other types of environmental design and environmental awareness. This type of effort is really commonplace throughout the sports industry now, where you're seeing a lot of sports stadia that are adopting this mantra of embedding sustainable business practices and venue performance in their designs from the get-go. One example, a simple light bulb. 
When we think about the lights that illuminate the ice rink, we think about these massive metal halide, high intensity discharge lights. In our case, 1000 watt metal halides. And you know, within the past decade, we've seen that pretty much a significant majority, almost 28 of our arenas out of our 31 have adopted LED lighting technology to illuminate the ice surface. And this is significant because LED lights are 30 to 40% more energy efficient than their historical uh, counterparts. They offer a wide variety of benefits, both to the folks that are inside the arena, as well as to folks that are looking at broadcasts on TV and on multimedia channels, because it makes the ice look bright white, and therefore you can see our puck much better. And it's those types of things that are a benefit both to end users, as well as to the facility operators, as well as to the fact that they are environmentally proven and have a very, very positive environmental impact where you see a triple win. For the NHL, investing in sustainability isn't just the right thing to do for the environment. It's crucial to the future of the sport, both philosophically and financially. Omar says the NHL has a unique interest in curbing climate change, given the very surface the sport of hockey is played on ice. He doesn't ever want the game to be lost to future generations of kids who learn to skate in the great outdoors. When I talk about natural ice, I think about kids playing on frozen ponds. I think about the joy of playing on a frozen pond outdoors with the fresh air and the thrill that folks feel when they play the sport in its natural form. I think about that because many of the opportunities for kids or even adults to play the game outdoors in natural frozen conditions are being impacted adversely because regardless of, of how we think about it, we're seeing shorter winter cycles. We're seeing more evidence of extreme temperatures and extreme weather conditions that are impacting places like natural ice so that folks can play outdoors. This is important because we want to ensure that the roots of our sport where folks play outdoors are not adversely impacted. That's a pretty big long-term goal, helping to slow climate change. Fortunately, Omar says the NHL has a unique asset to help in their efforts. They're high-profile athletes. Athletes have an outsized influence when it comes to talking about social issues. We saw that play out this past summer, including NHL athletes talking about social justice concerns. Our commissioner, Commissioner Gary Bettman, who's been a steward of all of our efforts since the start of our greening program and continues throughout all of our diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts, has said that the athlete's voice is going to become an even more prominent role in this type of effort. But even as companies and the executives who run them become better at living up to ESG standards and values, there are always going to be challenges and trade-offs to grapple with. Here's my colleague, Lauren Puffer, again. You know, you take any industry and you can look at any, any number of trade-offs, right? Like, 
We recently had a call on climate change and its impact on the real estate industry and thinking about, you know, owners of buildings, so owners of these assets who have to take climate and the impact of climate like into the valuation and the value of their buildings. And so part of that conversation then turned to, you know, alternative building materials. And one of the ones that was mentioned was timber. And you're like, oh, great, because maybe it's, you know, less waste, it's less manufacturing, so less emissions, but it's wood that has to be (laughs) grown in a forest. And if the demand outstrips supply, then you, you get deforestation, which is a huge consideration. You know, and these are, these are the questions that keep me up at night all the time. And there are a lot of questions the NHL is grappling with, too, as it presses forward on green targets. Here's Omar again. What you're seeing is a lot of questions that have come up around ensuring health and safety and the adverse effects of what we envision are environmental sustainability initiatives like single-use plastic reduction in multi-use arenas. And there's a disconnect between advancing those environmental sustainability efforts while ensuring health and safety protocols. And the industry right now is grappling with this, and particularly leaders in the sports sustainability movement, to ensure that we can address health and safety concerns and also move the environmental sustainability movement to things like single-use plastic reduction in facilities. These aren't always easy questions to answer, but companies are finding ways to balance trade-offs that are financially savvy and demonstrate their values. And with the right reporting metrics and transparency, investors get the information they need to align themselves with companies they believe in. ESG factors are increasingly financially material, and accounting for things like sustainability is now an essential part of doing business. Lauren Puffer says that's not changing anytime soon. It's not something that we want to achieve and then kind of close the book and put it back on the bookshelf and say, okay, like we've done that, right? I think it's something that now what we're realizing is going to be a constant part of the conversation. And the hope is that this just gets incorporated as another way to be additive to the due diligence process and for companies to talk about because it's a more holistic view of what a company does and, you know, as I put it, a company's character. And I think it has to be part of the broader conversation because it does affect valuations. It does affect stock prices. It affects retention. It affects costs. It affects so many different areas that we're, that we're now kind of peeling back the onions in terms of how companies operate. I'm Shannon Murphy. This is Connecting the Dots, an original podcast from Jefferies. Be sure to subscribe in your favorite podcasting app so you never miss an episode. Next time, what a year it's been. We're looking back on 2020 with Jefferies' top financial experts to get their biggest takeaways from the year that felt like an entire decade. Thanks for listening. Important information and additional disclaimers are available at jeffries.com. This podcast should not be copied, distributed, published, or reproduced in whole or in part.
The information contained in this podcast does not constitute research or a recommendation from any Jeffries entity to the audience. It's not an offer or solicitation of an offer to buy or sell any security or investment. This podcast is being provided strictly for informational purposes only. Any opinion or estimates constitute our best judgment as of the date of the podcast and are subject to change without notice. The information upon which this podcast is based was obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but has not been independently verified and should not be relied upon as an accurate representation of future events. No responsibility is accepted and no representation, undertaking, or warranty is made or given, in either case expressly or impliedly, by Jeffries as to the accuracy, reliability, or completeness of the information contained herein, or as to the reasonableness of any assumptions on which any of the same is based. Any views or opinions expressed herein are solely those of the individuals identified. Accordingly, neither Jeffries nor any of its officers, directors, employees, or representatives will be liable for any direct, indirect, or consequential loss or damage suffered by any person resulting from the use of the information contained herein, or for any opinions expressed by any such person, or any errors, omissions, or misstatements made by any of them. Jeffries is not an advisor as to legal, tax, accounting, or regulatory matters in any jurisdiction and is not providing advice related to such matters. Listeners of this podcast should take their own independent advice with respect to matters discussed.